Welcome to the Life in 20 podcast, where you will learn something from everyone you meet in 20 action-packed minutes. Now, let's get lit with your hosts, Paul, Carson, and McCoy LeBlanc. All right. John Shepard, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Pleasure, pleasure being here, for sure. Yeah, you know, when I... It's been a while since you and I have had a good conversation, and and when I when I had an opportunity to get you on the Life of Twenty podcast, I was excited to uh, to see you accept the invite. So thanks for doing that in short order. Look, we like to dive right in. I'm going to turn this to the kids for a quick sec, John, before we turn it to you. Okay. And and by the way, you know, I don't think I don't think Shep minds us calling Shep. You know, that's usually no. something earned. People that know Shep get to call Shep Shep, but you know, I think he'd be okay <laughs> with you guys doing the same. You good with that? Yep, that's okay. correct. That means I know you. That means we're friends, family. There you go. So, kids, if I said, if I asked you what a, a new business engineer is for Next Edge Incorporated, what would you say that is? I do not know. I got no idea. <laughs> Shep, would you enlighten this younger generation on what exactly you do? But maybe before you get there, just uh, tell us a little bit about your journey, who you are, and how you got here. Absolutely. So, so my career, my my career started in the army when I was eighteen years old, and I wanted to be a mechanic, and for some reason, and it, the army seemed like the quickest quickest way to get started on. So, as a junior in high school, I went into basic training, and then I finished and graduated. And then I went into got my training in light wheel vehicle mechanic. And then after that, I was able to get a job at Mercedes-Benz, at Phil Smart Mercedes-Benz in Seattle. So I was a mechanic my entire career up until six years ago. At six, well, I was with Mercedes up until six years ago. I was a mechanic for 10 of those. And then I was a service manager for the, remain, for the remainder, 25, 25, 30 years total with Mercedes-Benz. Then about five years ago, I got an offer from a customer that wanted me to come work for him. We're a company called Next Edge, and they're in the semiconductor business. They have facilities in Boise, and they had them in San Francisco and Santa Clara. He wanted me to go work in the San Francisco and Santa Clara and Morgan Hill area down in California and run, run his facilities. So I make the move down. I know nothing about the semiconductor world. I know nothing about plating or machining, anything that he did. So, But I did know people. So, and that's what he was counting on. So I walked into this machine shop, not knowing anything about it. And I learned how that business ran. I learned how the people were. I know how they, I learned about the people and what, and, and what they did and realized that in a short amount of time, it was basically managing folks, just like I did with Mercedes Benz, no different, except for I didn't, I couldn't do it myself. I had to count on them to teach, to train me. Um, after about a year or two in the machine shop, he moved me into the plating side of the things. And in the semiconductor world, there is a significant amount of plating that happens on, on aluminum parts, stainless steel parts. So basically, if a door or a chamber or whatever is being made by a machine shop, it has to come to my facility and I will anodize it, nickel plate it, gold plate it, silver plate it, mm. clean it. And then from there, it gets packaged and shipped to a customer, applied materials on number one customer. And then no applied materials, number one customer, Samsung, Intel, THMC, all the companies that are dealing with this, that you heard about in the semiconductor world. So odds are, if you got a phone on you, which I'm sure you do, 
Next Edge had something to do with it in one way or another. So just pausing for a second. So think about that journey. And then, Shep, for you, just backing up to when you made that decision to go into the military, was college ever a thought? Did you did you have some sort of passion to go serve first, or did you just think it was the best route for you to open up the most opportunities? How did you think about that back then? So when I was, my parents had split up when I was young, and so by the time I was 17, 16, 17 years old, it was gonna. I, was, I knew it was gonna be primarily on me to figure it out because it was otherwise it was just my mom, and she was doing. She's a laborer. She was working in the shipyards one of the first women ever to work in the shipyards, climbing into the tanks of these things. And so I decided that if I go into the military, I can at least get a trade. I know I got a job, I can earn an income. And I wanted to be on my, I wanted to be independent on my own. And so the other thing that happened was I was at Ingram High School and Ingram High School had an auto shop at the time, mm. which these days, not too many high schools have them anymore. Nope. But he had an auto shop and the teacher there uh, became a really, really good, really, really good mentor to me. And so I work on my car. I work on people's cars. I decided that this is something I could be actually pretty good at and passionate about. So I ended up going as a lightweight vehicle mechanic, Army-wide, but also I also joined uh, Wyoming Technical Institute, which was like a six-month automotive tech program. And <clears throat> so the idea being they were associated with Mercedes-Benz and other different manufacturers. And so after I came out of the Army, after I got done dealing with them, after I graduated high school, I went straight to Wyoming Technical Institute with a friend of mine. And we were basically at school together for six months in Laramie, Wyoming. I don't know that I'd ever recommend Laramie, Wyoming <laughs> to anybody. Did you know if it's anyone who might be watching it? <laughs> the, uh, it was six months from January until July after my senior year. So, and that basically, so yeah, I put in a door to Mercedes-Benz. I came out of that. They saw that I invested my time and money into that training. And so then I ended up getting hired at Mercedes-Benz as a, an apprentice mechanic. And that was, kind of, that was the start of it. See, so, and then this, this person that saw something in you, it was a customer, right? And somehow they translated this into, obviously, as a service manager, managing people. But this person must have saw you really excel at handling and dealing with situations of people, probably a customer for some time to be able to, to make that offer. Did you ever think that you'd be managing people that that would be core to who you are? Cause when you start off in this industry, mechanics, pretty much an independent role, right? Right. Correct. It was the last job I would have wanted because I was, as I was dealing with being a mechanic and I'm at the, I'm at the dealerships and I'm working on cars. I could see that the service advisors, the, service managers, all they dealt with were problems. It was either a customer problem right. or an employee problem yep. or an ownership problem. That's all they dealt with was issues. And so for me, I was like, man, I could just sit here and work on cars all day. Yeah. Only problem I got is whether or not I can fix this thing. And if I get a paycheck, that's it. Yeah. But yeah. it is funny because even in the army, I was in, I ended up being like a squad leader. I ended up being, I, I it was just, I don't know what it is. It's just something that kind of gravitates. You don't really have a choice. And I found the the people who really want to be managers and leaders who really like are really striving to do that were never really the best ones. Yeah. Like the really good yep. managers and leaders were always the ones that you, they didn't even want the job, but they just kind of, it just came on them. Right? Yeah. They yep. had no choice. Kind of the way it went. 
Very true. So true. That well, hey, thank you. We're already eight minutes in. You can tell I could talk to Shep all day long. This is life in yeah. 20. Kids, take it over. What do you got for Shep? Who do you look up to? Ooh. I that's a real good question. I I think I've had a couple different mentors in my life. It just depends on what the circumstances are. If it's family and if it's family and how to deal with family and raise a family and deal with your wife and everything, it's my father-in-law, Susie's dad, who just passed away this last couple of weeks. We had a service yesterday. That would be my, that was my family mentor. He was a perfect example of how to deal with troubles and stuff that happens in life and family. That would be him. And then if I was dealing, if I was looking at like professional life where, you know, you don't really know what you're going to do next week, you just try and beat it it'd be gary payton gary payton was a guy that i always looked up to he wasn't exactly the nice person in the world but he worked his ass off in order to become really good at what he did yeah you guys know who gary payton is i don't know i've heard that name i've heard of him Shep, tell me who it is gary payton was a uh, is a hall of famer actually who actually was with the seattle supersonics he was a point guard yeah. He and Sean Kemp, which maybe you've heard him yeah. lately, because he's been in the news a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the two of them took the Sonics to a to a championship against the uh, against the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan '96. They lost. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That's right. Uh, McCoy, yeah. you. So I want to know for someone in your profession, what is like the starting salary range, and like how is that different if you've been working there for ten to twenty years? Okay, so so my position earlier was a site manager. Mm-hmm. I was flying in and out of San Francisco every week. Monday, go to the airport, I fly to San Francisco. Every Thursday and Friday, I fly home. And Jeez. so running the running the NF years. So that was my primary position at Next Edge. That job, running sites is like somewhere between a hundred and hundred and a hundred and forty grand to run a facility of about forty to fifty people, which was a plating facility, which is incredible amount of stuff. The city, you know, the state of California, all that stuff that comes along with it. So it paid pretty well. Um, it was actually very similar to what I was making at Mercedes Benz, but it was a change of life, right? Which is what I was looking for. The job I'm in now, a new business engineer, is is basically I walk in, I manage parts that come from the very beginning, from the machine shop to the plating to the customer. I manage that entire process. Um, engineers typically that come out of San Jose that I hired a number of, they'll come out making 60 to 75 grand right off the bat, right out of, the, <laughs> right out of college. Then within a short amount of time, they're upwards of 85, 90, 95, 100K, especially these days, they were making 100K. Because it's a real battle to keep engineers. Good people. Do they uh, all require a degree, Shep? All those guys are degree guys. The, those that engineer, those engineers were required a degree. Yeah. What my what the guy who hired me who brought me in, he goes, "You're going to get a PhD. You're going to get a degree in engineering and manufacturing. Except for you're not going to go to a college. You're going to work for me at these particular sites, Love and that. I'm going to work the shit out of you. And at the end of four or five years, it'll be it'll be like just exactly the same way, except for I'm paying you." Whereas you would have to pay for your degree if you went to college. Wow. Nothing beats experience, right? Love that advice, right? That's good. Carson. What is some of the best advice you've ever received? Best advice. 
best advice, you reap what you sow. That was given to me and that was basically, you know, do unto others, whatever, you, you know. If you do it, you're going to reap the rewards or you're going to reap the problems. So you reap what you sow. Basically how it goes. And the other one is, the other one is level up. There's somebody that's, just because somebody's been doing it longer and they, they're in a different position, a higher position, whatever it does, they're all, jobs are always looking for somebody to take that position on. And it's a courage thing. You have to have the courage to say, okay, maybe I don't know what I'm doing at this particular point, but I'm going to fake it till I make it. And believe me, I will figure it out. Yeah. I will figure it out. So think about that for a second. So with Shep, right? Comfortable, doing well, smooth, just sailing along at Mercedes-Benz, right? Customer comes in and says, hey, I got this new opportunity. But yet you're going to be flying down to take care of this plant that's in the San Jose, San Francisco area. That is leveling up, right? Yeah. Because if you just continue to coast, right, things can still be good. But leveling up along the way, like there's these iterations, right, of your career that you build. You build the expertise and skills and then the confidence that gives you that opportunity when somebody taps you on the shoulder with a, a can't-miss opportunity that you're ready and you're prepared for it. Could have easily said no, but then he wouldn't now have been managing these larger teams, this experience that he's getting in the semiconductor industry and all these different things without leveling up, like you said. Yep. Well, McCoy. What would you say is your biggest regret? Ooh, man. That's a tough one. <laughs> my biggest regret. I think my biggest, probably my biggest regret would be I think my biggest regret would be I really should have spent more time not worrying so much about banking banking money or trying to, it would have been seeing the world. Like my biggest regret would be just, hey, taking that vacation, going to Korea, go here, go there, be broke. It's okay, <laughs> you know, and uh, <laughs> eat and meet people because that's what I enjoy the most. So if that was a regret, it would be that time in the army, that time right out of high school, that time where, you you know, that five or six years where you're already broke, you know, you don't, you know, <laughs> right. yeah. like go someplace, go do something that you don't think you can do, but raise enough money to get a plane ticket and don't worry about where you're going to stay. That sort of thing. Cause that's really what I'm, I, I feel like if you're going to do, if you're going to have a purpose, the family stuff, the paying the rent, the buying the house. Okay. That's all good. But there's also this entire world that I would love to see it all if I, before I pass away. Love that. Yeah. Great advice. Shep, what is maybe one characteristic that you learned from your parents that you want to make sure is passed down to your kids? There was a, there was a, there was a love for their parents as well as me. So you always, my dad would always, my parents had split up, but my dad would always take me to my grandpa Oli's house, go see my grandma, Anna, sit down, have a meal, talk to him, almost like interview him. Yeah. There's one advice I would give you right now. I'd say this interview you're doing with me, I hope you do this with your dad <laughs> and your mom because you need to know who his first girlfriend was. When did he get a kiss? When did he, what, you know, how did he, you know, what troubles did he have in high school? Like those things that you need, especially your son and talking to his dad, you need to know those things. And I think that really got a real sense of belonging and I really want to know my history of my family. Love and I that. impart that on my, you know. Yeah. Three kids, right? 
Chip? Yeah, I got three boys. Three Jacob, boys. Peyton, and Jack. And what are their ages? And a new granddaughter. Oh, congrats. Congrats. Yeah, a new granddaughter. Seven uh-huh. month old. She's beautiful. <laughs> Grandfather. Love it. What uh, are the, what are so the ages? Did, yeah. I got a 29-year-old son, Jacob. 26-year-old oh. Peyton, named after Gary Peyton, who we just talked about. And then Jackson, who's 19. He's going to Utah. woo woo Oh, no. Wow. Stop the interview. No. Stop the interview. <laughs> he's going to be, he's going to, he's an electrical engineering at UW right now. Man, as you can see, this is why I want to ship on. We could talk for hours. We got three minutes left. Carson, keep it going. Yep. What is a favorite quote or saying that you think would resonate with Gen Z or one that you live by? Oh, man, there's one I give the boys all the time. And for some reason, I just, I just literally just blanked on it. Just <laughs> call them. Oh my God. Yeah, I tell, and they hate it when I tell them. They oh, hate no. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think there's a, man, a quote, man, that's tough. Well, and it doesn't, even know. Have, you, it doesn't even have to be really quoted. It could just be maybe, you know, a trait or, or some sort of saying that you have or, or something that like when your kids ran into to issues at times you kind of intervened with this kind of calm mind calm thought to just kind of yeah. get them to reset there's got to be something in there because i know you and 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 that's that's kind of where you excel right is 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 you can bring calmness to a situation so there's got to be something in there related to that i think I there's a i think there's a yeah i think the calmness into it and then there's someone who looked at me and say you're a problem solver yeah. and they, people know people know that about me that i'm i'm a problem solver if it's, it's because of me, I calmly, calmly react and go. So I tell the boys the same thing. Just calmly react, make a decision and go with it. Yeah. Jacob was talking about him and his grandpa talking about it. Basically, he was playing a game, a Korean game. It's like these black and white pearls. And his dad would just, my grandpa would just slam it right on the table. <laughs> and then Jake, Jake was like, why are you hit us already? So it's because I'm making a decision. Just a decision. Wow. Love you it. Know? Make the decision. Yeah. McCoy. So at what age do you think you will retire and what do you want to do after you retire? Mm. Ooh, good question. So I will travel, period. I'm going to travel. And I'm Make up for it. that, yeah. I'm going to do it while I'm able to walk and I'm mm-hmm. able to enjoy. And I don't want to be 75, 80 years old getting on a cruise ship, you know, to nowhere. Like, I, <laughs> I want to be able to walk to Paris or something, right? I want to mm-hmm. do that. So I will do that before, when I, when I retire. I, I think... Probably retirement. I'm probably looking at like 65 years old, something like that. I'm guessing. I don't need to be. I don't need to be retired too early. I, I still got to keep. You got to keep moving, man. That's how you stay alive. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Carson, I'm good. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> I just giving you guys opportunities. So, Shep, we got 18. We've got going to be 16. You take yourself back to 17, right? Looking mm-hmm. back at what you know now, what are you telling your 17-year-old self today? I'm telling my 17-year-old self to not be so hard on yourself. Hmm. You're going to make decisions. <laughs> oh. You're going to make decisions. Don't be so hard on yourself. You're going to make decisions. Some are going to be good. Some are not going to be not so good. Make the decision. Roll with it. You'll be all right. And then always make sure that, you know, you do it on purpose. Love it. Just do it on purpose. You'll be good. I know we're at the time. I want to sneak one more in. Do you have a a favorite book, uh, article, blog, anything that that has resonated with you that that you want to share with the audience before we let you go? Yes. There is a book. There is a book by Richard Marks. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was getting ready to tell the kids to write this down. I'll do it for yeah, them. Yeah, no, it was a, it's, well, two of them. Way of the Peaceful Warrior is a really good book. And I don't know if you ever read it. They made a movie out of it. It's really not that good. But The Way of the Peaceful Warrior is a really good book. Way of the Peaceful Warrior, okay. And it, it, yeah, and it's it's basically about, you know, you make everything so important, whether it's your past or what you, you're worried about. You're regretting what you did in the past. You're worried about the future. But in reality, you should just be here right now, present. Boom. Way yep. of the Peaceful Warrior. That's that's one. And then the other one is Richard Marks. And, it's, and, and basically, it talks about, I'm trying to remember the name of the book. I'll, I'll, I'll text it to you. Yeah, so, text they, it to me. so they have it. Yep. And it's for primarily it's about father, sons, like what we talked about mm -hmm. and things that I would ask my dad mm -hmm. and that's the stuff. And I really have taken that to all of my grandparents, my, my grandma, I sat there and I just asked her all the questions. What did my grandpa do? What did he do for a living? What was he good at? What was he best at? Why'd you fall in love with them? Where'd you meet them? where all the stuff you're nobody's going to tell you unless you said interview your grandparents yep. yeah. or your dad. Yeah, that's that's some very important. I will I will send you the. Uh, for some reason, I just blanked on the book name, but I'll text it to you. I promise, man. And I might even send you a copy, young man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Chef. This was so good. I can't thank you enough, man. Appreciate everything that you've you've offered here today, and I miss you. I can't wait to catch up. Love you, pal. I love you guys too. Thank you so See much you. for doing it. Thank hey, you. Kids, nice yeah. to meet you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. That was awesome. Appreciate you hanging in to the end. If you guys found this helpful or enjoyed this conversation, be sure to follow the show on whatever podcast application you use. New episodes release one to two times each week, and we love to have you as a regular listener. If you learned something new, found value in the show, or key takeaways that could benefit others, please share with your network. And if you could please leave a review, that would be greatly appreciated as it helps others find the Life in 20 podcast. Okay, with that, we'll catch you on the next episode.